Welcome to Kara's Cures, where we explore the cutting edge of wellness. I'm Kara Sundlin, and today's episode is sponsored by the Center for Advanced Reproductive Services in Farmington. So should you let your kids quit, and how can you help them stick with something even when it's difficult? Joining us now is Rini Jane. She is the founder of GoZen and best-selling author of Superpowered to talk to us about how you can actually teach grit. Welcome, Rini. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk about grit. Yeah. Well, tell us, I guess you were not the grittiest kid. Oh, my goodness. I was, <laughs> I was anti-gritty, if there is <laughs> such a thing. I thought that when you started doing something, playing a sport or doing an academics thing, that you started off good. I thought that if you tried math and you weren't good at it, then I guess you just were never going to be good at it. So I had a classic fixed mindset and I was not gritty. I would quit. I would give up easily. And frankly, my parents are amazing, but they didn't really push me at all. They were like, oh, you want to quit? Okay, fine. No problem. (laughs) And so, you know, I've had this situation um, with a 12-year-old and a 14-year-old. One more than the other will get really into something and then all of a sudden I hate it. I don't want to go. And uh, other, you know, sometimes they do come to you and say, I'm done. I don't want to go. I don't want to go to practice tonight or I want to quit something. How do you handle that when your kids want to quit? Yeah, you know, it's so hard. It happens to all of us. It happens to us as adults. It definitely happens as a kid. And you're in this precarious situation when you're a parent. You're like, oh my goodness, am I allowing them to quit? But if I'm not letting them quit, am I pushing them too much? And so there is definitely a delicate balance that you are walking. But I think the conversation needs to be had in advance. You are signing up for this thing, you know, whether it be ballet or whatever it is, if it's a sport or it's something academic, it doesn't matter. And you're going to follow through with this. And there are going to be days where you don't want to go. We're all there. There are going to be times when it's totally frustrating and you want to quit, but you're going to follow through and finish. So that way you've at least planted the seed that, yeah, it's totally normal when you're doing something hard, when you're growing your brain and you're growing your skills that you get exhausted, or maybe you're just having a bad day. We all have them. So I think if you have the conversation in advance, then when your kids are coming to you saying, oh my goodness, I don't want to go to practice. I don't want to do this thing. You can say, yeah, I totally hear you and we're doing it anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then th- th- the other point is you said schools are really um, trying to teach growth mindset because there's a lot of science behind the fact that one of the most successful things we need to be successful adults is a growth mindset. But you say we're made, we might be getting this a little mixed up. Maybe we're glamorizing making mistakes a little too much or in the wrong way. Yeah. So it's so interesting. Carol Dweck is a psychologist out of Stanford, and she really popularized this idea of growth mindset. She wrote a book called Mindset, and educators and parents got so excited because the research shows that if you believe through effort, you can improve your abilities and increase your intelligence, you have a growth mindset. It's a belief system. So teachers were like, oh my goodness, let's just teach everyone that you can get better at things. And they started hanging up signs that say, mistakes make your brain grow, you know, and just make an effort. And we really just focused on language. But here's the thing. If I have a belief that I can run a marathon that doesn't mean I can actually run the marathon. That's just a starting point. So having a growth mindset and really adopting a language that, yeah, I can do something, I can improve, I can make an effort, that's just the beginning. 
then you actually have to do the work and do the practice. And this whole idea around mistakes is great. I'm glad that we're allowing for mistakes, but it's not the mistake where the learning happens. It's after the mistake, right? It's let's evaluate this mistake. Okay, you came home with a piece of paper with mistakes all over it. Were they sloppy mistakes? Were you just tired and not focused? Were they stretch mistakes? Were you really, really trying something out of your comfort zone? Or were they distress mistakes? Were you totally stressed out, jittery, nervous, and this made you distressed? Let's evaluate those mistakes and dig into them. Yeah, so when a kid makes a mistake, I guess, uh, rather than saying, yay, you made a mistake, it's a step on the way, you know, failure's a step on the way to success, we would then say more try to teach what you are going to learn from. Yeah, you know, kids come home all the time with, my kids still come home with red marks on their paper. I don't know if all schools are still doing this, but you know, it could say like minus something at the top and they're so hyper-focused on those things that they got wrong, you know, and instead of going, yay, you made a mistake, as you said, one thing that we could do is sit down and say, okay, it looks like, you know, seven opportunities to learn here. So where are we going from here? Let's look at every single one or let's just look at one of them and figure out what went wrong. Did you not know the process of doing this? You know, is it something that it's totally brand new to you? So I think it's super important that kids learn that. And then another thing that is incredibly important to teach our kids is that they're not performing all the time. There are different goals that we have. There are performance goals where maybe you're taking a test or maybe you have a recital and that's when you really want to perform to your best, you know, almost quote unquote perfectly. And then there are learning goals. And most of the time when we're in school, we are in a learning goal environment. That's when you're making mistakes, when you're getting frustrated, when you're learning. So we're not performing in those times and we really need to teach kids the difference. Hmm. So, you know, we are in a hyper-focused culture on performance, and I think as parents, when our kids come home and maybe they got a bad grade on something, or uh, we can tend to focus on, all right, I'm supposed to let them make a mistake, but look, this wasn't very good. Uh, Where's the balance there? Yeah, it's really hard for us as parents because we're always looking out for our kids' best. We want their future to be good. We want them to be, if you ask any parent, what do they want? I want them to be happy. I want them to be successful, you know, and we all have our different definition of that. But when we see them come home with a bad grade, that starts to chip away at this idea that their future is going to be good. Oh my goodness. They don't know what they're doing in school. And then they're going to fail out of college and then they're not going to get a good job and everything is going to fall apart. So first thing is as a parent is we need to create space for ourselves. Your kid has come home with a bad grade. Is it ideal? No, but it is communication to you. So what's going on? Are they overwhelmed? Do they really not understand? Is there something? What's underneath that? Let's get curious because I know a lot of us for our go-to is, well, listen, you have to get your grades up. I mean, there's no other choice. And that can work in the short term, but in the long term, it doesn't solve the root of the issue. So uh, kids need to learn frustration. I think some kids have a lower frustration tolerance, maybe just like adults than some. So what do you do when your kid is really melting down a lot because they're frustrated? How can you teach that grit? 
<laughs> so I was talking earlier about not being such a gritty kid. And especially I remember when it came to sports, I wasn't, you know, I didn't have a ton of raw talent. So I specifically remember, you know, playing tennis with my dad. He was trying to teach me the ball comes to me. I miss it. And I take the, my racket and I throw it. That was my go-to. I would throw game boards. I would throw rackets. I would throw golf clubs. I would just toss it. So one day he said to me, listen, we're about to start this game and you're going to get frustrated. And what is an alternative that you can do when you get really upset instead of throwing this racket for the millionth time? What can you do? And so he made me make a plan, a frustration plan, and that stuck with me. So kids will get frustrated. It's not our job to say, don't ever get frustrated, just calm down, just relax. It's our job to teach them what to do in the moment and to make that plan in advance. So if you have a kid that gets frustrated a lot, make a frustration plan and then know that sometimes it'll work and sometimes it'll fail, but at least they have a plan. Okay. I love that. So a lot of it is is preemptive. The more we do before... A lot of it is preemptive. A lot of it is maintaining our own self-regulation, you know. And for kids, what we know about kids is that until they're the age of 25 to 30 years old, they need our help to regulate their emotions. Co-regulation happens all the way through, you know, early adulthood. And so when they are melting down, they need us to be the calm in their storm. They really, truly do. So it really is about, you know, bringing in, reining in our own emotions and being able to kind of guide them and navigate through those big feelings. So what do you do when you're the parent who also has a low frustration tolerance? Yeah, a lot of us do. And this is a lot, it can take a lifetime to master. You practice alongside your kids and you be authentic and you're like, this is hard for me too. When you come home with a bad grade, it's frustrating for me too. And now I have to practice, you know, what I do in the moment, just like you do. And I think it's okay. We don't always have to be this perfect human. It took me so long to figure out my parents weren't perfect. I grew up and I'm like, oh my goodness, you made a ton of mistakes, huh? (laughs) And you still do. And I think it's okay to show our kids our humanity. That doesn't take away our ability to be an authority in their life and our ability to guide them. You know, you have so many great tips, and I think um, this interview is one. We can listen to it with our kids or at least listen to it on your own and get some strategies. But you founded GoZen, and it's actually a membership community, or you can just sign up for the free newsletter. I think we might even have some of the um, graphics that that, uh, you've suggested, you know, that we might put up there, like, I can ask for help. Um, Or I think another one is learning has, I can do hard things. Here's that one. And... Uh, learning has no limits is another one. So uh, what do you recommend that uh, parents just keep repeating this or do we put these around our house? Sometimes we have to learn too, right? You know what? There is nothing wrong with having an affirmation or a go-to mantra that you just repeat to yourself, especially when you're trying to weather the storm, you know, (laughs) you repeat it over and over again. But all of those sayings have actions that get taken after them. But yeah, it's a, it can be a family ma- manifesto. You know, we do hard things as a family. Is it hard? I mean, I, I, I'm not going to say, is it harder with teens? It's always harder with teens. But once you get to the teen stage where they don't kind of want to listen to you anymore. And at that point, um, you just mentioned that kids really need our help to regulate their emotions till 25 or 30. So clearly as a teenager, they need it too. But there's a different balance there, it seems, because they don't want you interfering too much. 
Yeah, you know, absolutely. And I remember being a teen and thinking, looking at my parents and thinking, you know what, they don't get it. And I think what we need to do, our primary goal when we're raising a teen is to have our teen look at us and know that we do get it. I am connected to you. I get that you're going through you know, all this turmoil, your hormones are wild, you're overwhelmed with all the stuff you have to do in school. You know, this, the future is uncertain. There's lots of things going on in the world. And I get you. And I think that if our, if our teens aren't talking to us, they're not connected to us. So our goal should be one goal only. How do we connect to our teens? How do we attune to them? How do we get them to look at us and think, you know what, my parent gets it. I might not be agreeing with them on everything and vice versa, but that's a person I want to turn to and talk to. There was a TED Talk that uh, mentioned that, and we did this with our child psychologist who comes on Great Day Connecticut all the time, that the, it, one factor, they looked at every factor that would indicate success when you got older, whether you had parents with education, better socioeconomic status, um, resources, race, and the one thing that mattered more than anything else was this growth mindset. So it's really important that we teach this and, and maybe learn it ourselves. Absolutely. You know, we're all dealt a certain hand, right, when we're born. Some of us may have some more raw ability when it comes to athletics, or, you know, maybe some of us have an English brain or a math brain or a science brain or whatever. But Putting in effort, purposeful effort, deliberate practice, it really can make a difference. And what it does is it teaches you that you have control to change things in your life, mm. that you actually can make a difference for yourself. Because imagine waking up every day and feeling like, well, nothing I do actually makes a difference in my life. It leads to depression, right? It leads to anxiety. So we're putting, we're empowering our kids and telling them you have control. There are things that you can do to make your life great. Yeah. And let me just ask you, because there are those kids who are, I guess, more neurotypical who might, okay, sure, I'll try it. And then there's the kids who perhaps are on the spectrum or they have ADHD and they're already wired to kind of melt down more with frustration. Is the teaching the same? Because growth mindset matters to everyone. Yeah, absolutely. I think the teaching can be the same the way in which we teach it, you know, the, breaking down the steps into smaller chunks can be helpful. Um, taking a little bit longer in, on each step can be helpful. And just knowing that progress is really measured in years, you know, for everyone and not in days. And we're all unique and we're all on a unique path. And no matter where we are on, whether we're neurotypical or neurodiverse, that we have incredible strengths and kids of all age, humans of all ages need to remember this on a daily basis. So yeah, I think the skills are totally universal. Um, we make them accessible by breaking them down and using different language for different types of kids. I'll just give you a moment to explain um, how GoZen can help because you can go to GoZen and I guess you get your wisdom broken down in chunks. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We make bite-sized animations to teach kids skills of resilience, skills of well-being. And so basically we teach through cartoons and through games. And you can go to Gozen. We have lots of different programs and lots of printables. We give away a lot of stuff and then we have premium resources as well.
Okay, perfect. So gozen.com. And of course, you're also the author, co-author of the book Superpowered, which I haven't gotten a chance to read yet, but I'm going to guess that I need to, and that it means that um, we identify our superpower and keep trying. <laughs> yeah. You know, it means that anxiety is the basis of this book, you know, and what do you do when you're anxious? And so what we try to teach kids is that you are nothing broken to fix. You know, this is not a book that you pick up because there's something wrong with you. You came into the world with incredible superpowers, which is why the book is called Superpowered. And we don't just pat kids on the back and say, yay, you're superpowered and you're great. We actually methodically go through and show kids several of their superpowers. So we go through five of their superpowers. And then we say, yeah, sometimes things go out of whack. Sometimes our worry exaggerates and gets hyperbolic. And this is how to rein that stuff back in. But at the end of the day, you came into the world with incredible strengths. And so we're just getting you back to who you really are. That's what the book is about. I love it. Do they read it on their own or do we read it to them? Or how does that work? They, the, so people have used it in different ways. They can totally read it on their own. It's meant for them to be able to read on their own. Um, pa- we have found that many parents are reading it on their own as well for their inner child, <laughs> you know, okay. to heal their inner child. Uh, you can read it as a family as well. Yes, just try to get out the door quickly when there's not enough time and see if the parent can stay calm. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. <laughs> We're all learning, right? Progress, not perfection. I love it. <laughs> we are all a work in progress. All right, Rini Jane, thank you so much. And for more information, I want to let everyone know they can visit gozen.com. Thanks for being here, Rini. Thanks, Kara. And for more information that inspires the cutting edge of wellness, you can always go to Kara's Cures on the WFSB streaming news app. We have many more episodes. You can listen on my Kara's Cures podcast, download it on your favorite platform. Uh, you can also follow me on social media at Kara Sundlin. I post these interviews there. Have a great, be well.